Greetings, and welcome to the Black Flame Podcast, where history and legends collide, where cryptids, the supernatural, and the paranormal run free. We are your hosts, Dan and John Leonard, and we are here to bring you stories of haunted places, creepy cryptids, and harrowing legends. So sit back and let us guide you through the world of the unexplained. Tonight we'll be covering the Beast of Bray Road and the Beast of Jibudal. So stick around to learn more about these two beastly tales. If you travel to Midwestern America, you can expect to find vast plains and rolling hills dotted with pockets of trees and small rural towns. But when you take a closer look and start listening to their local legends, a few begin to stick out among the rest. A prime example comes to us from a small city called Elkhorn, Wisconsin, where it seems you don't want to be out late at night when the moon is full. That is, unless you want to take the risk of running into the Beast of Bray Road. Our story begins back on a night in 1936 when a man by the name of Mark Shackleman was keeping guard at the St. Coletta School during an overnight watch. Mark began making his rounds through the grounds of the facility like he had many nights before. Sometime after midnight, movement caught his eye atop an old Native American burial mound situated behind one of the buildings. In the moonlight, he swore he could see what looked like a dog digging on the mound. He swung his flashlight up to get a better look at the animal and hopefully scare it off. Once the light shone on the creature, however, he became immediately aware that what he was seeing was no ordinary dog. Standing there on all fours was a large, man-sized beast with a wolf-like head, shaggy fur, big pointed ears, and three long, sharp claws on each hand. The beast locked eyes with Mark, and after a few seconds, it darted off into the nearby woods. Although filled with shock, his disbelief at what he had just seen made him keep his sighting to himself. The next night, Mark returned for his midnight shift, and much to his surprise, he had another run-in with the beast. Only this time, it stood up on its hind legs and spoke something to him that sounded like the word Gadara before running off into the woods once more. This marked the earliest sighting of a large werewolf-like creature of unknown origin in the Jefferson-Walworth County area, but it would remain a secret of Mark's until 1991. That was the year a local news journalist by the name of Linda Godfrey published an article titled The Beast of Bray Road. The article centered around a few recent reports of a werewolf stalking the cornsfield along Bray Road. When Linda first caught wind of these alleged sightings, she the didn't article take them centered around a few recent they made reports for a fun of werewolf. To do a little more research, Linda contacted the a local animal around control a few recent reports of a werewolf stalking and the asked him if he'd received any weird road. accounts of wolf-like creatures in the area. His answer surprised her. He invited her into his office where he handed her a manila envelope titled Werewolf, which was filled with eyewitness reports. Still not putting much confidence in the veracity of the sightings, she published her article in a joking kind of manner. And who could blame her? The idea of a werewolf in modern-day Wisconsin had to sound ludicrous. That is, 
until people began calling in from all over Jefferson and Walworth counties with their own harrowing encounters with a large wolf creature. What was shocking to Linda was the consistency across all the reports. They all more or less gave the same description of the creature. Five to seven feet tall, dark-colored fur, sometimes with gray streaks, a large wolf or German shepherd-like head, pointed ears, piercing eyes, sometimes glowing red, long, sharp teeth, and giant claws at the ends of humanoid-looking hands. A run-in with such a creature must be a truly terrifying experience. Lucky for us, however, we've got plenty of reports to sift through without having to witness the beast ourselves. On October 31, 1991, a high schooler by the name of Doris Gibson was driving down Bray Road late at night. As she made her way down the road, she felt a thump as though she'd hit an animal. She stopped so she could get out of the car to see what the animal was and expect the damage. What she saw in front of her, however, wasn't roadkill, but a large, bipedal creature running towards her. Hearing the pounding of the feet on the pavement, she jumped back into her car and floored it down the road. The creature kept pace for a short distance and leapt towards the car, dragging its claws down the back and leaving two sets of deep scratch marks in the paint. Linda Godfrey actually went out to interview the girl for her article so she could examine her car, and she verifies the scratch marks look serious. Another interesting encounter comes from a man who was employed by the state to patrol the roads around Walworth County and remove dead deer for safety concerns. One night, he was driving along and came upon a carcass. He heaved the animal up into the back of the truck and returned to the cab to fill out paperwork. As he was writing, he felt the truck rock to the side a bit. Thinking it was just the wind, the man continued filling out his form. Shortly after, the truck rocked again, this time more violently, as if something had jumped up into the bed. He turned around and shined his flashlight through the back window. What his light fell upon was a seven-foot-tall creature with the head of a wolf and a large, muscular body. The animal suddenly made a move towards the front of the truck. Out of fear, the man stomped on the gas and the quick acceleration of the vehicle made the beast either jump or fall out, and he didn't look back. Possibly the strangest account of them all comes from a man named Lee Hample. Lee bought a piece of farmland just off of Bray Road to grow hay. When harvest time came, he asked some of his neighbors to help him bundle his crop and move it to his barn. While getting to know his new neighbors, they began telling him that other farmers in the area had seen the beast on his property. One of the men mentioned that his wife had seen it eating a raccoon on the edge of his fields. Intrigued by the story, Lee took a dead raccoon found on the side of the road and placed it in a hole on the property where his neighbor had seen the beast. The next day, he found the carcass split open along its belly and its innards laid in a clump to the side as if someone had cut the animal open and scooped them out neatly. Left scratching his head at the odd sight, he tried it again with a 20 to 25 pound badger carcass. Upon returning to it the next day, he found the badger laying on the ground, feet from the hole where he had placed it. He began to suspect that something strange may be going on, and hatched a plan to catch whatever was messing with the roadkill on camera. He found a 60-pound dead deer on the road and placed it in a grassy area on his property, in view of a game camera. He left the carcass alone for some time, and when he went back to see if anything had happened, the deer was completely missing. He couldn't wait to get his pictures uploaded from the game camera, but when he did, he saw something he hadn't expected. In the first image, you can see the deer carcass lying on the field in one frame. Then for a few frames afterwards, you can see what looks like a cloud 
or a thick pocket of mist appear above the carcass. It grew larger and larger as each picture was taken until finally it disappeared, and the deer was nowhere to be found. Upon viewing these strange images, he immediately went back out to the location to look for more evidence of what happened. When he got there, he noticed large, wolf-like paw prints deeply embedded in the soil, moving away from where the carcass had been. The odd thing was that there only appeared to be two feet making those tracks, not four. He followed the tracks to the edge of his property, and they continued beyond a barbed wire fence, into another field, and all the way to the road beyond. He took castings of these tracks and had them analyzed, but he has yet to receive a satisfactory answer for the strange evidence left behind. While accounts have thinned out over the years, the interest in the beast hasn't gone away. This is partially because of big media outlets releasing documentaries and stories about the encounters, but perhaps also because the Beast of Bray Road doesn't seem to be the only werewolf in the Midwestern United States. When we zoom out on the map, you'll find that there are eerily similar accounts from all over the state of Wisconsin and even stretching into Michigan. The names might not be the same, but the creatures all seem to have a few things in common. They're big, they're scary, and to many people, they're all too real. So um, that's the... Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching um, Destination X... Expedition X. Yeah. With Josh right. Gates. I was watching it earlier and there's a new episode on tonight about the Beast of Bray Road. That's I so didn't know you were doing it and I was watching it and I was like, I've heard of, where have I heard Bray Road before? And I thought it was a werewolf and it and it was. It was it turns out it's a werewolf in Wisconsin. But it's just kinda of funny. I was just watching it earlier and I didn't know you were doing this tonight. Yeah, I did not mean to time it like that. So it's really interesting. Of course, this will come out like two weeks from now for everybody else. So it'll already yeah, be that's true. gone. But it is kind of an interesting overlap. Yeah. Because that, that had nothing to do with what <laughs> I was choosing for this topic. I've heard of it, though, before. Uh, Travel Channel, I think, is where I heard it. I don't remember the name of the TV show that I heard it from. But I have heard of The Beast of Bray Road before. It's It's been around for a while obviously and there's it's been on a lot of different um tv shows from like you say travel channel and even probably like discovery and stuff like that it's a an interesting story and it's it's kind of weird because it's not really publicly known until the 90s that's when it really goes public before that like the the author linda godfrey who she actually wrote a whole book on it but the she was the one that you know wrote that article about it in 1991 and she she didn't she had lived around that area for a while and or maybe even her whole life i'm not quite sure but for a long time and she never even heard of it but like i say it goes all the way back to like the 1930s and then some i've never found any specific accounts from uh other decades between the 1930s and the 1990s but i've heard people reference you know yeah they've had sightings through the 50s and 60s and so depending on where you're looking, it's either, you know, people periodically see this thing or these things, or it kind of cropped up way back then and then popped up again in the 90s. Just not what you would normally think of when you think of Wisconsin. You just don't think of werewolves. No. But going back to the first story, uh, an interesting bit that I pulled out, that when it said Gadara to that guy, supposedly. Yeah, wrote that down. What does that mean? So it turns out Gadara, so keep in mind too, where he was keeping guard, the uh, 
St. Coletta School was a Catholic school for, I've seen three different versions of it, but um, some people put it as the St. Coletta School for exceptional young men. Hmm. Um, and then other people say it's for people with learning disabilities. And But it's a Catholic institution. That's the important part of the story. And so Gadara actually uh, comes up in the Bible. It's a city in the Old Testament, I believe, a man there was supposedly filled with demons, like a whole legion of demons. And mm. so people think that Gadara could be a reference to that. And also, interestingly, maybe a tie, the, at St. Coletus, there was supposedly an exorcism that took place there. Ooh. A priest performed an exorcism on a little boy, and the demon supposedly took over the priest after that. That's the most I could find on that story. Um, when did that happen? That was uh, years before, I think. I don't think that was anywhere near the time of seeing the, the monster for the first time. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that it's on the same grounds, and then you have this, you know, speaking werewolf digging on an ancient Native American burial mound. Just a weird tying of events there. Now, that's the only report I've ever seen of it actually talking. And no one's ever reported to see it change from a person into a wolf it's always just like they see this thing you know do they only see it on full moons or do they just do people see it kind of like sporadically yeah it seems pretty sporadic it's for the most part people see them at night or see it at night but there are a few accounts of people seeing them during the day there was a delivery man uh i want to say this is actually a recent report if this is the right one i'm thinking of it was actually in 2020 (laughs) And, oh, no yeah, and this guy saw it on two different occasions, and so he's a delivery truck driver, and he was pulling up to someone's house, and then off in the distance in this field, he sees this big, tall, hairy-looking creature bend down in the field, pick something up, and then just, like, turn around and walk away into the woods, and he pretty much saw the same thing the next day, and a lot of people actually draw ties between, they, they think it could be Bigfoot. <laughs> so that all comes back to Bigfoot. Yeah. The only thing about that is the, the wolf-like features of the face. Right. That seems to be a really common thing that people see, even German Shepherd-looking face. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's pretty clear that it's it's dog-like, you know, which definitely isn't primate by any means. But Now, the one, the security guard said that it had three claws. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, like it's, that's the same guy who who saw it talking. Yeah, and yeah, three claws. Because I was watching Expedition X earlier, and when they were talking about the Beast of Bray Road, they found a paw print, and it was huge. It was like six and a half inches long, and five and a half inches wide. Yeah, and it looked like a dog print, but it had five prints. Dog feet have four. They have four toes. Right. This one had five. That's weird. Which is strange, but it was it was huge, and it was clearly it, it was clearly a canine print. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't look like a mountain lion. It didn't look like a cat. It didn't look like a bear. It was clearly some kind of canine. Yeah, people find big prints there all the time, and like they have been known to see a wolf in the area from time to time. Like it's, but it's yeah. a, it's a very irregular occurrence. Um, even they have some coyotes out there, but it's a coyote so small. I feel like it would be really hard. Even to, then, a wolf with a six and a half foot. I mean, look how big. Your dog Drake's feet are. Yeah. They're not even remotely <laughs> six and a half inches long and no. 
The, okay. It said that the average dog's feet was two and a half inches wide and three and a half inches long or something. Right. So this is more than double that. Yeah. And Drake's a 120-pound lab. <laughs> yeah. And his paws aren't that big. No. So that's telling you something there. That that's If that's a wolf, it's a giant one with five toes. <laughs> yeah. There was a report, actually, that I read, too, where uh, these people were in, a, in their log cabin, and they were sitting in there one night, and they heard what sounded like something huge land on the roof. And they heard it like, boom. They said it sounded like an 180-pound person with running shoes on running across the roof. And then they heard a crash outside. So they were so freaked out, they didn't go out until the next day. And when they checked it out, the flower beds outside were all mashed down and everything. And there were these big footprints in the ground or impressions. They didn't sound like they were very clear impressions. But um, they had someone come out and look at it. And they, they got so many different responses. Like, oh, it could have been a deer. It could have been someone saw a mountain lion in the area recently. And, uh... She found a, a big tuft of fur, like dark colored oh. fur. And when they took it in, they were like, yeah, this looks like wolf fur. But like, I I could kind of see maybe like if there were trees around, if it was that cougar people were seeing it, maybe it like jumped out of the tree on the yeah. roof. I could see that. But like, I don't see a wolf getting up onto a roof of a house. No. You know, that just seems weird. I guess werewolves can jump, man. Yeah. That's hops. The, the weird thing. But... It's uh, interesting, too, that it's like when you hear about the Beast of Bray Road, it, it sounds very specific to that stretch of road. But it's kind of a misleading name because it's it's been seen like the, the original sighting, I'm pretty sure, was in Jefferson County, not Walworth, where Bray mm. Road actually is. And so people see it kind of all around that area. They seem to most sightings seem to occur around or close to Bray Road. But really, there's the another famous one, the Michigan Dogman. When you look into that, the accounts sound identical, completely identical to the Beast of Bray Road. There's nothing that different about any of those claims, and it's kind of that whole general area, which is weird. It is weird. Like, why just there? Yeah. Well, I did, I think it was the same channel that I first heard about the Beast of Bray Road, but there was supposedly some kind of... Uh, werewolf in ohio i think i think it was ohio you could be right There's a weird story behind that one i have to look that one up but it was apparently one guy i'll have to go over it later in the later podcast but it's it's weird how it's just like those pocketed places especially werewolves yeah it's doesn't seem like it would be that common and it kind of like back in the 90s seemed to be the real like heyday for the sightings they don't really happen that often anymore um you still get one from time to time obviously that one in 2020 but that was like kind of hectic at the time linda godfrey was saying that like after she released that article there was a rash of sightings and Hmm. that one with the the first girl that actually had that one jump or had it jump and scratch the back of her car not long after that, another guy and a couple of his friends were driving down Bray Road late at night, and they said they saw this, what looked like kind of a big figure standing on the side of the road and a hand sticking out towards his car, and he said that it sort of reached out and they rode by and it scratched the side of the car, and you can see where it like scratched the pinstriping off the side. Mm. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Odd to... The first one's more believable. The woman who said she saw it and heard it running up on her, and then it scratched the back of her car. Yeah. That seems more believable than 
that one. Yeah, and I don't see how any of them, like a lot of the claims don't have a lot of evidence behind them. That was one that caught my attention, though, because it was physical evidence other than the, the wolf-looking fur. Yeah. But it was scratches on a car. Yeah, clearly you know? something was there. And it that, was mad. It, yeah. did not want it, it did not want that woman there. No. And for it to be up on two legs, because some of the sightings, people would just say they see large wolf-like creatures. And some of them are seeing it up on two feet. Yeah. Which is, I think, by and large, people have seen it like running down the road. There are reports of them like keeping pace with cars running down the road. And one lady saw one crouch down. She said when she came up on it, she thought it was a dog at first. It was kind of in the ditch eating something. And when she got close to it, she said her car was like six feet away from it. And she realized like, holy crap, that thing's huge. And it was crouching. It was like kneeling down. Hmm. Not like a dog would be. Yeah, a dog can't do that. Right. Nothing caught my attention was the fearlessness of it. Because it seems like every encounter, it's not running away from people. Like, you hear stuff about Bigfoot where, like, oh, I saw it and it looked at me, ran in the woods. <laughs> you know, or, like, bears. You know, you see, most time you see a bear in the wire, they're like, oh, and they run away. But this thing's like, uh-uh. It, it, it seems really fearless. For the most part. But then you read some reports. There was one guy who, he claims that he sees sees it all the time on his farm. Like, oh, has one of those guys, visual. Huh? And apparently... If you believe him, he says that like he went outside one night and he saw this pair of glowing eyes, you know, kind of off the side of his car and his headlight couldn't quite reach it, his headlamp. And so he would got walking closer to it. And every time he would walk closer to it, it would back up. And then as he got to his car, it would kind of move closer to him. So when he walked away from it, it was kind of like it wanted to keep a certain distance between the two of them. Yeah. Which is hmm. odd. Yeah. But... There was an interesting account I thought I would read. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so I was able to find some newspaper clippings. And this one, I, I just, I really like this one. Uh, so it's, there's a another author who wrote an article about it. His last name is, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Mahitables? Mahitable, I think is his last name. So the article reads... Uh, Mahitable's account, or sorry, Mahitable's article about the werewolf of Bray Road near Elkhorn brought this response from Mrs. Gudrun Tonge. Tong Tonge. I can't, I don't know that name. But so what she said was uh, the first time I read about this werewolf mentioned in the Lake Geneva paper this week was in the Walworth paper, giving the description of it. I cut it out and sent it to my son, Dennis Tonge, who many years ago was sitting down by the lake in the Williams Bay area when he saw this creature. I didn't think much of it at the time, but he kept insisting that he saw it, and he talked about it for years. So this woman, like, her son said she saw it years before then, Hmm. and he just was, like, steadfast, like, yes, I freaking saw this thing. And then his mom saw the article and was like, holy crap, maybe there is something to it, and, like, sent the article to him. But... Kids like, I told you! This one is very strange. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially what it is is this guy that wrote in to the paper and he was claiming to be the beast of Bray Road oh, come essentially. On. In a jokey way. I think I don't think it was meant to be taken seriously, but it was kind of like funny. Would have been interesting to be there at the time and be like, "Holy crap, the werewolf's writing into the newspaper." But that's when you think of a werewolf, like the whole thing is it's a person who changes into a wolf. 
Yeah, that's our thought of it. Yeah, not a something that just is a wolf man. Yeah. say, which is probably a more accurate description of it. I guess. I guess we don't know no if one, anybody no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> but just a fascinating story. The other thing that caught my attention was the game camera. Yeah, isn't that odd? How it just a mist appeared. Yeah, and then the deer just vanished with the mist. Yeah, and then there were footprints. It's it's weird. I, I don't can, know what to make of it. Did he post? Did he post those pictures? Any? Could you find them? Yeah, you can see them. Can you? Yeah, let me see if I can look them up. I want to see what this looks like. It's interesting, and like, why missed? Yeah, I don't know. There was nothing solid about it. It's not like he saw anything actually taking the deer either. But then the you know those footprints could have been there before he places placed the deer and just didn't see him too. That could be too, but still, the for the deer to be there. And it, yeah, and then to have to just vanish—that's strange. Was it one of the the ones that takes recordings, or one that just snaps pictures? Just snaps pictures. Okay, because I know they have those ones with recordings. I'm not seeing it on here, um, but if you actually, so they're on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go to, I think it's called the Bray Road Beast. I think is the name of the documentary by Small Town Monsters. It's oh, a watch that. Great, it's really cool. Um, it's in the very end of that or close to the end of that segment. Hmm. They show those pictures, but this picture, now that yeah, I'm bringing it up was, uh, supposedly taken by a guy in 2018. Oh, I did see that one. And he claims that's the beast of Bray road. So if you look up beast of Bray road, it's, it's a picture of um, what looks like a dog or a wolf walking on its hind legs with his arms on the side of the road. Atrophied. Yeah. I don't know. He's been walking a man. He's been walking on his legs too long. His arms are atrophied. Yeah, I don't... I, I think don't, that's a fake picture. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not putting too much stock that in that just, picture. That just is stuffed. That's what I think, too. I bet it's stuffed. And More than that. For some reason, he just didn't bother... It looks like a dog got a hold of the arms. What's the thing? It doesn't, it doesn't look anything like what the reports are saying. No. Even, because, like, that doesn't look like a big, muscular, scary thing. Because no. he's, like, all the reports say it has, like, the shoulders of a human and, like, these hands and... That just looks like, like you say, it it's looks a like a, animal. yeah, a, a uh, taxidermy wolf yeah. on its hind legs. That's definitely what that is. Maybe. That's, oh. that would be my, my guess. Yeah. Still an interesting story though. Yeah. And there are still plenty of accounts that are, if they're true, you can't really explain, especially like the, the ones with the, the claw marks left behind. Yeah. I want to know how many claw marks it was. Uh, they didn't say specifically, but they said it was like two. It looked as if two... Like reaching out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sliding back. Almost like it jumped on and slid off. Huh. And was trying to hold on to it. Now you'd think, like, I don't know how hard a wolf's claws are, but you'd think it wouldn't scratch up a car. I mean, you can scratch paint. I don't I don't think it, like, dented the metal or anything. I think it was just, like, really scratched the paint off. That would be yeah. terrifying. I think all it did was scratch the paint off, which isn't crazy hard to do i would imagine there's animals out there with claws hard enough to do that oh i bet it is but i don't know if a wolf would be able to do that no i mean maybe a maybe a mountain lion but for this thing to be running on two feet yeah how else do you and a wolf alone by itself is kind of strange anyway right there aren't that many lone wolves most of the time they travel in packs so if it is a lone wolf maybe that's why it's so fearless because lone because you know wolves that are alone they have to be 
I can't rely on the pack. Yeah, but I I don't think I don't think a regular wolf fits the description for any so of either. this because it's it's, so it's on two feet. It's big. Yeah. yeah, and it's running on two feet. It's it's got weird. If if the reports are accurate, I don't. It's not a wolf. Yeah, it could be a person in a costume who you know run fast who can run real fast (laughs) or that that would be my only explanation other than either people are flat out lying or they you know it's just something or people are seeing a population of big wolves but they're just misidentifying like misidentifying them because it's you know most of the time it's dark so your height your senses are heightened anyway and then you know say you saw you walked outside right here in maryland don't have any bears here. You walked out and you saw like a 300 pound black bear and it was running at you. And all you did was shut the door. You would probably say that thing was bigger than 300 pounds. Yeah. You'd but probably you, say it was bigger. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it was running on two feet. That's true. That's it's, what gets but me. It's, and it's, and it's yeah. big. It's not like it's like, oh, it, it was three feet tall. No, this thing was seven feet tall. Yeah. Like you don't That's mistake true. something like a, a regular, even a big wolf, you know? is on all fours is nowhere near seven yeah. feet tall. It's maybe mm. three feet at the most, maybe mm. a little bit more, yeah. but nowhere near seven feet. Yeah. And it, like you say, the first thing that comes to mind is Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot and a, or a big wolf. But the weird thing is the big giant canine tracks. Like, yeah. I, like I said that Josh Gates found they're huge tracks. I mean, we're talking about tracks like probably that big. Yeah. From imagine a dog track that big. Yeah. That's bigger than a St. Bernard, just about, you know. That's not Bigfoot. No. It's clearly canine, but it has five toes, which is the weird thing. Dogs have four. Yeah. There's there's something weird going on. Yeah. There's And some people have floated out the idea of, you know, some dire wolf species that has oh developed my. the ability to run on two legs and, like, kind of some crazy out there theories. Which I guess is no crazier than a werewolf, but I guess not. There's there's definitely something there. There's a little bit of truth behind everything. Yeah, people are seeing something. That's yeah. that's for sure. While no human deaths have been reported in relation to the encounters, some witnesses seem to have narrowly avoided a tragic end. A skeptical-minded person might think that these are all just tall tales and silly legends, but eyewitnesses swear by what they've seen. So go ahead, take a midnight stroll along the Wisconsin cornfields, but don't say we didn't warn you about the beast of Bray Road. Stick around to learn about the beast of Jevoudan. France, a country known for its beautiful architecture, wonderful food, and romantic culture. Most people would probably think of France as one of the last places you would hear about a monster. But between the years 1764 and 1767, a bloodthirsty beast was at large and would change the history of France forever. The year is 1764. The Seven Years' War had ended a year prior, leaving France in a troubling state after losing numerous defeats from Britain and Prussia. King Louis XV had lost most of his empire overseas, which included Canada. But times would only get worse for the people of Jevoudan. 
a small rural town located in the southern region of France, surrounded by sprawling wooded areas and fields. In the summer of 1764, a young woman by the name of Marie Jeannette Vallée ran into town claiming she had been attacked by a giant animal. She says that the only reason she escaped was because the bulls in her cattle herd attacked the beast. She claimed that the beast looked almost like a wolf, only much larger and far more fierce than any wolf she had ever seen. Wolves were common to see in Europe during this time period, but it was very clear that something else was also roaming the land. On June 30th, 1764, a 14-year-old shepherdess by the name Jeannette Boulet was attacked and killed by the very same beast that attacked Marie a couple months earlier. This was the first reported fatal attack from the beast, but the carnage is far from over. Attacks would continue through summer and into autumn. Most of the victims attacked by the beast were women and children. Some of the townsfolk even speculated that there were two or more of these creatures. But the townspeople wouldn't just sit around and wait in fear. Bounties would be offered to hunters if they could kill the raging monster. On October 8, 1764, after another gruesome attack, the beast was seen stalking a herdsman. A group of hunters would follow the animal. After they were able to flush the beast into an open area, the hunters shot the animal. It was said that the animal fell, got back up, and ran off. On January 12, 1765, the beast attacked a 10-year-old boy and his group of friends, but the boys would fight back hitting it with sticks, causing the beast to run off. The boys would get a reward from King Louis XV, and the boy who was attacked was given an education paid for by the king himself. News of the beast was beginning to travel far and wide, becoming one of history's first media sensations. Many believed that the beast was some kind of giant wolf, but eyewitness accounts would tell us something much more terrifying. It was said that the animal was the size of a calf or even a horse. Its fur was reddish-gray with a long, panther-like tail and a black stripe running down its back and sharp claws on all of its feet. Perhaps the most terrifying detail about this monster is the way it would kill its victims. When the beast attacked, it went primarily for the head and neck. Many of the corpses found after the attack had their throats ripped open and some of them were found with their head completely severed from the body leaving the shoulders, arms, and legs seemingly untouched. News of the beast was spreading, and so was the bounty on its head. In February 1765, a father-son duo from Norway traveled to Jebodan to kill the beast once and for all. Assuming the beast was a wolf, the father of the duo, Jean-Charles, reported that he had killed 1,200 wolves in total in his lifetime. The two hunters would try again and again, but they would always come up empty. The duo gave up the hunt, which led the king to send his own bodyguard, Francois Antoine, and a group of men to search for and kill the beast. In September 1765, Antoine shot a large wolf, one that was bigger than any he had seen before. The body would be sent to the court at Versailles, and Antoine would receive a large reward of money from the king for finally killing the beast. But only two months later, attacks started rolling in again. And over the next 18 months, the beast would take the lives of 35 more people. Although attacks continue, the king was convinced that the beast had already been killed. So this time, the townsfolk would take matters into their own hands. A local farmer by the name of Jean Chastel reportedly shot the beast and killed it. The body was then sent to Versailles, and after that day, on June 19, 1767, the gruesome attacks on the people of Jevoudan finally 
came to an end. To this day, though, it is still unclear as to what kind of animal Chastel killed, but one thing is for certain. The beast of Jevoudan was put to rest. Good job with the French names this time. That was much better. <laughs> it took a while. It, it, it took a long time. <laughs> they can be tricky. It took a long time. I really had to do a lot of research for this one. Yeah, that's a that's a deep story too. The not only just the historical context with how far back it sits in time, you know, but the how for one thing how how many people died. It was over a hundred people in total. That's crazy. Over a span of three years. And that's it's so that's what makes it so real. Like in a lot of other like cryptid type stories, you know, you don't have something running around actually killing, killing people. people. Yeah. yeah. So that's crazy. It was in it was actually over three hundred people in total were attacked that were reported. That's wild. And that's what hundred died. Crazy too is that the people that survived, like it's they're like this was a real thing. There is no oh, yeah. no doubt about it. Something was killing all those people. Oh yeah. And the reports all sound pretty similar. But yeah, most of them went like it said for the head and neck. Uh, I think it was sixteen people were found with their heads completely decapitated. Now I've I've heard some uh, theories about the decapitations in that there could have been an actual beast killing people, but that also there could have been a serial killer at the same time running around. Yeah, I heard about that too. Like, that would explain the decapitations to me anyway. Because I don't see how an animal... I mean, I guess you, an animal could obviously decapitate somebody. but And I get, well, maybe one that's big enough going for the throat. Yeah. That might actually be consistent with the animal. But still, to me, that it doesn't sound like... What I always picture is like a, a dog or something, but... When you really read into the hunting style of this thing, it sounds more like a big cat. Like a cat. Yeah. But cats don't, they don't rip open a throat. They, you know, they don't rip it open. They just sink their teeth into it to crush the windpipe. Yeah, but you could, These I mean. These are gruesome deaths. It's not out of the realm of possibility, though, that a, no. that a big cat could grab on. It's not something that a dog would normally do. That's what gets no. me. And the other thing is the bodies weren't eaten on after they got killed. But that also could be. What happens with some predators, happens with mountain lions, lions, wolves, bears, is when they come into, say, they say a wolf walks into a fence full of sheep, and all these sheep have nowhere to go. This wolf goes crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard of it. chickens with yeah, foxes. Right. Fox will go in and kill all the chickens. It won't eat any of them, but yeah. it'll just go on a killing spree because it can. It seems like that's almost what's going on. But as far as the animal goes. It says it's reddish, grayish fur with a black stripe going down its back. Yeah, what the heck could that That's be? That's no lion. Like, because that, that was one of the theories I heard was that it was a lion. An escaped lion. Yeah. And then you look at all, because there are a lot of depictions of this, obviously. There are a lot of drawings that people did of it. All of them look like some kind of wolf. A long snout, you know, long. Some, some people said it had the snout like a calf, like a cow. Almost. Right. But then it, the tail of a panther, that one stuck out to me. The tail of a panther. Which is very different than, like, the tail of a wolf. Yeah. You know, of any dog, a really. A slender tail. Yeah. Yeah. That's just strange. Like, what What the heck was that what thing? What was it? I want to know what was sent, what uh, Jean Chastel, what he killed. 
I couldn't find anything as to what he sent to Versailles. So I, I heard that the one of them, one of the carcasses that he or that got sent to Versailles was just like a, you know, an average wolf. That was Antoine. Right, Antoine. The big, the big. It was a big wolf. Yeah, but it was just a wolf. Just a wolf. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that other body. I forget. I heard at one point that it had gone missing somehow, or it um or it decayed. And they just, I, but I couldn't ditched it. I couldn't figure. I, I searched high and low, and I couldn't figure out. It didn't say it was a wolf. They didn't give any depictions as to what it was. Yeah. Because like when uh, Antoine, he shot a big wolf and sent it to Versailles. But as far as Chastel, they don't know. They did. They didn't say it was. It had these features and stuff. They just said he sent it there, and it got it. They kind of brushed it to the side, because. The king thought, no, we have this beast. We have it. Antoine killed it. But, you know, two months after Antoine killed it, people started getting attacked again. 35 more people ended up getting killed. Yeah. 18 months after that. So there's still definitely something but going after on. But after Chastel shot whatever animal, they stopped. The, the attack stopped. And you'd think that if it was something as commonplace as a lion, or not that lions are necessarily commonplace, but it, everybody knows what a lion is. Even back then, they knew what a lion was, right? Yeah. Like, it's pretty simple to, you know, everybody knows what a lion is. So I don't, I think if it were a lion, they would have said, oh, we got it. It was a lion. But yeah. like you say, there's no record of what they described it as. No, and that is the biggest question I have. Like, what is it? What was it that he sent? Yeah. Because whatever it was, either that was the beast, and he did kill it, or the beast just went off somehow, just ran away. The rabbit. It just ran away. Yeah. That's weird for a predator, if it did just run away, for to be there for three years, attack 300 people, and all of a sudden just be like, eh, I've had enough of this. It's not like a predator. No. You know? And for it to, I mean, you could, I guess, say that it moved out of the area or it died or something. But for it to happen at the same time as them killing that second beast, yeah, then that's pretty coincidental, I would say. Yeah. That the killings would stop then. But just the, that's what, when I first heard about it years ago, it just sounded like a kind of a cool story. I didn't look into it that deep. And the more I heard about it and read about it, it was like just the number of recorded deaths. Like, at first I thought it was just exaggerated, but it's their legit, you know, reported deaths. It's just insane how prolific it was. And I can't imagine the the fear of those people. Oh, yeah, because it's not like, you know, the segment you were doing earlier on... Beast of Bray Road. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Yeah. It's not like people just seeing something. Right. This is something killing people. It's actively hunting down townsfolk. So this is one of the depictions that people sketched out. That's one of them. It's almost like a mean-looking mongoose. A big one, apparently. Yeah. And if you want to find images of what I'm talking about, there's a bunch of them. Like, there's another one. Just type in Beast of Jevudan on Google and press images. And this is actually a statue that's there in Jevudan. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a big, mean mongoose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know... It's almost like a, a giant wolf hyena thing. I don't know. With a tail. I yeah. don't get... Like, I wonder if it's some... If it could have been some leftover from the Ice Age or something. And 
was just in a small pocketed region there and didn't have a very large population and has since died out or maybe it's just some kind of weird hybrid animal maybe a lion did escape from a zoo and made it with some other kind of weird animal or some other kind of big cat or something you know yeah but i feel like you don't get that kind of snout with a cat period no that's the weird thing because like we know you've seen ligers and stuff like that you yeah know, they, they all have the big broad face yeah still pretty much looks like a lion and a tiger yeah that thing doesn't look like either one no but like I said, the hunting style is definitely seems feline that was my first thought ringed big cat going yeah. after the neck that's that's big cats they go after the neck and the head but it's not eating them that's and like and you it's say, not it's not like it's a crowd it's not like it's a, a cooped up chickens in the hen house and a fox coming in and tearing them up because it can this is something that's killing people who are men who are alone walking through a field or through a woods or something like that. Or women and children are the main ones getting attacked, obviously, because they're smaller than men. But they're not in groups. I mean, there is groups of the groups of, of kids that got attacked. And there was another group of hunters that got attacked that I read about. But most of them are, you know, single people getting attacked. Yeah. Well, and, and that's when you have more than <clears throat> one per When you have someone get away from one thing, that kind of does away with the possibility of at least all of the uh, reported killings being a serial killer. Yeah. Because, you know, it would be easy if people were just, they were just finding dead bodies and nobody actually ever saw anything. But for the people, like you said, those kids that I love that story, the kids that like hit it with sticks and and ran off. That's badass. And then the kid got his (laughs) education paid for by the king. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like goony shit right there. Yeah. But never say die. (laughs) yeah but i don't get how it's just frustrating i guess it is because it's so much mystery wrapped into so much truth yeah like it's so close because it's closer than any other cryptid there is i would say because there's physical proof of something dead bodies killing them yeah but now it's just lost in time no one will ever ever know truly what it was (sighs) It's so frustrating. It is. You know, <laughs> like, the um, the first story, of the or the first attack, I should say, uh, Marie Vallée, when she got attacked, the bulls in her cattle herd are what saved her because they went and it started going after the beast. And the beast charged back at the bulls twice. Right. So it wasn't like it just ran off. This was a fierce animal. Yeah. Far fiercer than any wolf she has ever seen. That just gets me. Yeah. So it's something that's super super fearless to go after bulls yeah first of all to just charge back twice not just once but twice charge after the bulls yeah i don't know i don't know what it is what the heck could that be i don't know Ugh. my another thought would be a, a big dire wolf right because dire wolves were in england around you know some were still lingering at that point there were very few but there were some lingering in that time period i thought they went extinct a long time ago I think they still had pockets of tire wolves. I want to look that up real quick just to make sure. I think so. Because I thought they were long gone. Uh, dire wolves went extinct 13,000 years ago. Oh. So, yeah. But, well, they think they went extinct. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There are so many parts of Europe that are untouched. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for something like that to survive. I don't think so either. Like, really? All of them? Really? But would they look like the Beast of Jevoudan? I don't know. 
Does anybody know, I guess. Do we know? really know what they actually looked like? Yeah. Well, apparently, they were like giant 250-pound wolves is what they were. Right. I mean, I knew that pretty much like they, they are just giant wolves, but would their, like their skeletal system's probably pretty similar. Probably. But does that mean that their fur would look the same? You know what I mean? Like... Different time period, different landscape. Is it possible? I don't know. I don't know what it is. And that's when it, that's what got me really wanting to do this because I just I really wanted to dive into the information and see what I could find, but it's just that's the dead end. Seventeen sixty five, seventeen sixty seven is the dead end. That's it. No one knows, or maybe, and we won't know. It was a werewolf. Could be, but <laughs> I doubt it because the descriptions don't sound like a werewolf to me. I don't know because I know there is that. The, I don't remember the beast of can't think of it now somewhere in England there's a big there's a panther running around in England oh, a couple yeah. panthers yeah there's that's the black panther that they see there all the time there's supposedly like people have pictures of them and oh, stuff I looked it up dude legit it's, yeah I think there I actually think. are <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think some of them just got loose from somewhere yeah it could be People have been actually been seeing those for a long time there, though. Hmm. Like years and years and years. But still, it's not Big Cat. Yeah. Because of the snout. Right. As If those images are accurate, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, is Were those people really seeing something that looked like that? Or was it a case of misidentification? This was just a big-ass wolf. Or a big cat. Was Anton right? Right. Or was it some kind of big cat? Yeah. That was easily, you know, classifiable. Yeah. That... They just didn't have the wherewithal to identify in the moment, you know. But it's grayish, reddish fur with a black streak going down its back. Grayish, reddish fur. That's kind of like a line, you could argue. Black stripe. Yeah, the black stripe's weird. But lines aren't grayish either. More like Are, a tannish. In, in a different like light, a beige. you know. It could be grayish. No, maybe. But the black stripe. Yeah. And if it were a male lion... Everyone knows uh, what a male lion looks like with right. a mane. The mane would be so it had giveaway. to be a female if it was. I don't still, know. like the throats are ripped out of people, and the limbs were untouched, like the bodies were just killed. That was it. That's the motivation behind the killings. Because, like I say, it's not like the fox in the hen house where right. people are cooped up and they can't get away. It's just single people most of the time getting attacked. Were getting attacked now. Almost it, it could it be. Something like a mama bear who is going to kill you just to kill you when you're around its cubs. It doesn't necessarily eat you. It could be, but the reports come in from February to autumn to June. They go all throughout the year. It's not like there's any, you know, bears hibernate. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not saying specifically a bear, but whatever animal this was, I'm just trying to come up with a motive for killing. Maybe it's... A territory thing, regardless of what it is. But the weird thing is, is that it only hopped up in 1764. That's the strange thing. That's what makes me think it's some kind of escaped animal. animal. Yeah, yeah, that got out. Some rich guy had an animal or something, and it got out. Yeah, I would say that's that's probably the most likely. Most likely, it's, it's an escaped animal that has been misidentified, and. There's not really anything crazy about it other than a bunch of people died from an escaped animal. A lot of people died. Or 
because uh, I mean, I'm sure if there were wolves in that area, I'm sure prior to that year, people had been killed by wolves there. Yeah, but they all know what a wolf killing looks like. Like when a wolf kills you, it's, it kills you to eat you. Right. You know, for the most part, unless it goes on that Terran spree. But that's only with a bunch of people. It's not just, you're not going to find a wolf that just takes someone's throat out. Right. For the heck of it, they're going to eat it. And if it was rabbit or something like that, it wouldn't last that long. No, not three years. Because no. that, that would kind of explain erratic behavior. Yeah. But three years. It's a long time. Yeah. No, they, they wouldn't last that long. Unless it had some other kind of... Maybe, maybe it was like a, a wolf with a brain tumor or something and had, you know, was maybe. developmentally disabled. Maybe. Maybe it was just a, a super wolf. Just a big wolf. Yeah. Or just a deformed one. Just one that... Came out weird. Most of foreign ones don't don't last that long because they can't function the same way. I don't. That's just so many questions. Yeah, and no answers. It's it's endlessly frustrating. Yeah, there's no answers at all. <laughs> but all those people died. Yeah, over 100 people and over 300 people were attacked in the span of three years. Ugh. That's crazy. Yeah, that's. I, I can't imagine the panic. Uh, that's the boogeyman come to life. You I know? can't imagine. Especially back then. Yeah. When, you know. All the unknowns. Everything. Added up. Yeah. You know, that happened today. That's one thing. Yeah, they'd but find whatever it was and kill it. Back then. People just had to be downright terrified. Even just go to go to sleep at night in their house. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I'm like, probably on lockdown for the most part. Probably, like, yeah. Really keeping an eye out. Like, not letting kids wander off. Like, yeah. not, you know. No, this was definitely one of my favorite ones to research, though. Just because it's so... It's it's real. This isn't something that people think they see sometimes, and, you know, there's no evidence behind it, and, you know... Yeah. We just got this clump of fur kind of thing. <laughs> like, no, this is... This... Whatever it was, was real. Yeah. I, just, I really want to know. And I'm going to keep searching to see if I can find it. What Chastel killed and sent Versailles love to know. This has been The Beast of Jevoudan. This concludes tonight's episode of The Black Flame Podcast. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Black Flame Podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new episode. And remember, stay spooky.